Hi everyone, my name is Project Gill and welcome to the AWARE panel. As you don't know, the AWARE panel is going to talk about loads of issues that we face in today's society and things that our guest wants to bring up. And now, we turn into a podcast. If you didn't know before, we were running off Instagram lives every Thursday at 3pm. But now, we turned into a podcast. So, you can hear this every Thursdays and episodes will come out every Thursday at 3pm. So, stay tuned. Today, we have Duru Ravushan, who is a multi-talented media producer and has started his studies in theatre art over 18 years ago. He founded the company Whole Nelly Media, specialises in screenwriting and content creation. He has three different podcasts called Talk It Out and then This Happened and Geeking Out. I had an amazing conversation with Duryea how he went from being in prison to creating his own company and talking about how black people can be represented in the media industry. Just Let's just get into the episode guys. Hi everyone and welcome to the 17th episode of the Aware Panel. Today we're Duryea who is a media producer who founded Whole Nelly Media, who specializes in screenwriting and content creation. He also runs three different podcasts, Talk It Out, and then This Happened, and Geeking Out. So do you want to introduce yourself in a bit more detail? Yes. First, I'd like to say thank you, Prav, for having me here today. I'm very excited. My name is Duryea Rashad. I currently run my own digital media production company, which is called Woe Nelly Media. Um, it is a love child of mine that's kind of 10 years in the making. It was founded out of a need to, I wanted to protect some work that I was creating, uh, screenwriting and, and everything. And my biggest goal is inclusion. It's really important for me not only to create works that express or that highlight black artists, whether they're in front or behind the camera or front of behind the stage, but also to bridge the gap between the two. You generally see all black cast or a white cast with one black person or vice versa. And I want it because that's not the world that I live in. When I look at my group of friends, you see it's very varied. So I wanted to create works that reflect that. I've been studying theater and acting since I was 12. I went to college for that. I got my BFA in directing and acting as a double focus. I am an American veteran. I served for a little under two years in the army and I have had a crazy life since, but it's been even the ups and downs of it. There's really very little that I would change because I see myself growing in so many positive ways and becoming so much more sensitive to other people and aware of other people's struggles. And not that I was like a brat before, but I was just not, you know, when you're younger, you don't really think so much about other people and the implications of your actions on others. And I, and so now I just, this is, I love the name of your podcast, the awareness podcast, because there's this, it's a choice. I realized some people don't make that choice to be aware and to, and to be considerate and sensitive, but it's something that I try to choose every day. Thank you so much for liking the name of my podcast and what we do. (laughs) before like we do try to be aware on different topics especially on everything that's happened like we had an episode four weeks ago talking about obviously the black asian and ethnic minority community and i think like with you you're going to represent black people into media and production which doesn't lack 
bear off in the community. So I love mm-hmm. the whole topic that you discussed to me before, and so we're going to talk about it today. So that really came to really my first question is, what was the inspiration behind advocating this to other people? The inspiration just became, you know, I've had a lot of conversations. I don't know how it is where you are, but in America, there's this very interesting relationship between in the black community, between black people who may have raised, may have been raised in lesser and lower in the lower socioeconomic caste, like in the not caste, that's not a great word, but in the lower economic status, like where they're living in the hood or in, in the projects in the upper class ones. And so there's this dissension that exist where you know if you read well and speak well you might get told that you're trying to be white that you sound like you're white or that you might hate black people and this is something that i was always told when i was a kid and it really caused a lot of self-hate to be honest because i didn't understand why i was being you know targeted by my own people but then i realized like especially nowadays you realize that that's part of the system that we live in dissension between people of their own race so that they can't get ahead as a, as a whole because they can never get on the same kind of uh, playing ground. So, but then when I would go to like Thanksgiving, like half of my family was from this part, half of my family was from that part. We were so mixed together. So I wanted to also bridge that gap. This is, it's a very important thing for me to bridge the gaps between people because beyond just being a black man, before I'm a man, I'm, I'm sorry, before I'm a black man, a human being or just a being, when you really realize that we all share this experience from, and then we're all just, you know, wanting to make the the best out of the time that we have here, I kind of start to look past my differences with other people and try to look more towards what makes us similar. That's most important to me. Like, that's what I want to do with my life is to bridge that gap because I actually have a criminal record, to be honest. I know it's crazy that it's happened, but I've spent some time in jail. And being in jail, it was interesting because before I had gotten in trouble, I was like the straightest laced kid. I never got in trouble in my life, followed all the rules. So when I was in jail, it changed my entire view on people because I always had one idea of what people who went to jail. I'm I'm sorry, but how come you were in jail for like, was it the discrimination did you face during that time or... Was it actually something you did that resulted in that? Well, it's interesting that you say that. If you if you know anything about the criminal justice system in our country, it def, it definitely it dis, disproportionately it targets black men. And honestly, looking back on it, the first time I ever got arrested, it was definitely because I was afraid. It, I was I was in a white neighborhood. I was trying to get home, but I didn't really know how. I knocked on a few doors, and when I did, someone called the cops. But I talked to people. I was very, you know, just like, hey, you know, this is what I need. Can you help me? And then like, somebody called the cops. And when the cops came, I got like so afraid that I kind of stopped answering questions and I lied about my name. And that's why I went to jail the first time. However, after that, it becomes very perpetual. Like, I never understood. My grandmother always told me, like, never get arrested, never get arrested. Because once you're in the justice system, it's really hard to get out. And that's been the truest thing I've ever seen. Can I blame racism for every time I've been to jail? Absolutely not. Because at some point, personal belief is at some point you have to take responsibility for your actions, you know? So I can absolutely not say that every time I went to jail for discrimination, I made bad choices myself. I, you know, I dealt with substance abuse, which I'm sober right now. I'm clean and sober, but I've dealt with that. And it's still something I deal with all the time. And a lot of people in my industry, when I talk about the entertainment industry, deal with this. And there's so, so much shame attached to it that they're not 
dealing with it healthily. But you have to decide at one point that like I'm responsible for some of for my actions, period. And when you decide that it gives you a lot more power, understanding how the system works against you is also part of it. Once you understand that you have to take responsibility and just do better. Yeah, I I feel sorry for what you went through. Like, especially it's tough for you in your country because of everything that's going on. I really wish you guys justice one day because I think with the American justice system, they do put emphasize that discrimination onto your guys' community, but I don't think there's anything wrong with the community as well. So it's just really sad to see like this is still happening in the 21st century as well. It's just really sad to hear. So my second question is, how come you decided to go into media and production? I decided to go into media production because I, a multitude of things, um, being that I have a history um, on in the criminal rec- in the criminal justice system, it's become very difficult to have a job, despite not to have one, to get one, especially one that is going to allow me to, you know, pay my bills. Um, there's some other jobs, like because I'm an actor, you know, I definitely didn't get a job at a restaurant anytime I want to. I'm great at it. But when you want to do something bigger, it's very difficult. So I decided instead of like, you know, waiting for someone else to give me an opportunity that I would create them for myself and other people like me. Um, so I went into digital media production because I wanted, because I'm an actor. I want to create, yeah. I want to create experiences for people. I want to be able to create amazing stories that tell, that are told from the lens of marginalized people, but that highlight everybody's journey. Also, I really like coaching people because my focus was in directing. While I was in college, I had so many opportunities to work in that capacity as a director and coaching actors and seeing them develop. I love doing that. There's nothing that makes me happier than seeing someone really come into themselves and just be the best that they can be. So with digital media production, I get to merge the two. I get to, when I see someone on YouTube or someone wants to make a YouTube channel, then, you know, but they're maybe shy in front of the camera or they, you know, don't know how to edit a video or or just need help anywhere. I love doing that. One of my favorite things about the work that I do is collaboration. It's so fun to come to the table with someone and they like have a set of skills and I have a set of skills and our skills um, mesh and one helps the other and we both leave the situation better. I'm not really a competitive person in that mindset. I don't really like in being in work environments that are too toxic and negative like that sometimes. Me personally, like I love being around super smart, super talented, super hardworking people and digital media production is a way to do that. Also, that's the wave of the future. That's where it's going. So I feel like there's a bridging of the gap there too, where digital media can somehow meet live theater like Hamilton that just came out on Disney Plus. That's stuff like that. I feel like you're going to see more of that. And I want to be a part of that movement and part of that change. I love how like you want to represent like the black community a lot more. Like it's just crazy what people go through just so they can have the same opportunity as say like a white guy because I think with them they give they've been given options like right there and there like they don't be in the justice system like you went through or they just been given easily any job they like but then you guys have to work like 10 times harder to get that same opportunity so it's just really sad to 
see like how that all happened and then and now you're seeing like like things like Little Hamilton or Evil Black is King, like all of these like movies coming out and different media productions that are all coming out. And it's really encouraging to see and you see with little kids as well. They're gonna look up to this. They're really gonna look up to this and then they're gonna be like, I think it's gonna be so much easier for them in the future. Like looking up on these kind of movies and like growing up to see the changes that have been made? I think yes and no. I think when it comes to the future, the children of the next generation are absolutely going to be less tolerant of racism because of the generation now, the the, the generation Z. But Generation Z is less tolerant of racism because of the millennials and, and so on and so forth, right? But the system of, of white supremacy is so entrenched in our society that we're even there's certain things about it that we are still blind to, even though we are aware of it. Because it's been going on for thousands of years, hundreds of years, however long, where the system has been placed to for everybody to try to attain rich white malehood. And there's nothing wrong with if you're a rich white guy, there's nothing wrong with being exactly who you are. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the system creates all these opportunities for people and these other lack of opportunities for others. So in order for us to wake up to it every day, there's a new realization. Me as a black man, I've always known racism exists, but in the last year, there's so many things that have been sitting right in front of my face that I'd never realized until the current situation that we're in. So even I'm learning every day. And that's part of, in my opinion, being aware, that awareness. Part of that awareness is humbling yourself and knowing, hey, I don't know everything. So I need to walk through the world today with open eyes and open ears and open heart. Because I'm just giving you an example. A female friend of mine told me about my privilege, you know? And it's crazy because, you know, being a black man, you're never really, you never feel like you have privilege. But she was, she was like, but you're a man still. And I was like, yeah, I am a man. And she's like, so therefore you have privilege. And so just accepting that, that sometimes it's very possible that without meaning to, I'm guilty of microaggressions. I might oppress somebody or make them feel oppressed. Yeah. And the, the counterbalance to that is to be aware of it. But that doesn't mean that just because you are aware of it today doesn't mean it's going to be gone tomorrow. That's a process because you're unlearning behaviors that are so married to your behavior. You don't think about it. <laughs> you just do it and without even thinking. So that's the, the no part is I think it's just going to take a lot longer than just this movement. I think it's just going to take a lot of everyone walking around trying to be as aware as possible of how their actions are affecting others. And that's 8 billion people getting on the same accord, which has never happened before. I think it's just going to take a long time. But I think if we make it 10 intentionally, if we intentionally make these choices every day where we say, hey, I'm going to go through the day to day being the best person I can be and caring about other people and, you know, not beating ourselves up too much when we make mistakes. I think it's possible. I love like how you like that different approach, as you said, like you still do have privileges, like conversation did struck out to me because even if you're a black person, you're still a man at the end of the day. And if you were a black female, that would have been the worst thing because you have to face the fact that you are black, which you already know the feeling of. You know, but if you were a female at the same time, it wouldn't be the best thing. Well, I mean, it depends. I think, you know, and then the, the second part of it is, well, if you're a female, are you, are you straight? 
Because if you're a straight female, you have privilege. And if you're a white female, you have privilege. Uh, if you're a black female and you're a lesbian black female, I'm not going to say that's the worst thing, but there's a lot that goes against you when you're in that subcategory. Not, not subcategory, in that, in, in that intersectionality. So to me, in some places, it, and that's what I'm saying, Like, in, but you have to accept that as a person. You have to say to yourself, yes, in certain situations, there's certain situations in which the most marginalized person has more privilege than another person. Like if a white guy's in the hood, he's got less privilege, you know what I'm saying, in, the, in that situation. So it really depends on, on the circumstance. But like I said, being aware of that and accepting that some people don't want to accept that they do have privilege and that they themselves can be racist, sexist, homophobic, whatever it is. I think what we're seeing is we're waking up to that and we're tr and there's certain people who are trying their hardest to make a change. What's difficult about it is this, the arts has generally all, and I say generally, has been a very welcoming place, generally, for all different types of people. I've done a show with like, we did Cinderella once and there was like the youngest person in the cast was like eight and the oldest person in the cast was like in their 70s. And we have black, white, Asian, gay, mixed, all that stuff. However, you'll see more representation before you're seeing legislation. And that's the most important thing is that laws are put in place to protect people, to make sure that people don't have to walk down the street scared for their lives. That's important, too. And so I do, whereas I do think that the arts is a place to start it because these children growing up, when they see it in the arts, it does become part of the norm for them, but it has to be on the top levels too. These adults have to make these changes in policy. Yeah, like I completely agree with you right there. Like the points that you said about having like privileges, everyone still has privileges. Even for you may not think you have privileges, it may still happen like in either way. So I love like how you thought of a positive way to in like the situation so yes yeah, so my next question is obviously in the media sector obviously you talk about how the black representation is not shown enough in media and so how do you think people would take this approach i think when it comes to the arts there's nothing they can really do about that like they can they can be upset but the problem is that you know i always tell people what's popular is what the young kids are doing that's what's that's what's probably going to make the most money you know, whatever youthful people are doing is going to make the most money. And, and specifically, Black American culture is popular all over the world. As long as there's money to be made from it, people are definitely going to support it. I mean, the people who are making these decisions on what gets made. So there's no reason for it not to be there. I think the people want it, they'll get it. When And so the people who have an issue with it, I mean, they what can they really do? It, you know, because it, it's just they can boycott it. But, you know, I'm pretty sure there's people who tried to boycott Black is King and it still was the number one trending visual on Disney Plus. So I think some people, when it comes to certain changes, it's like get right or get left. <laughs> Meaning if you don't get with the program, you're just going to get left behind, which some people are going to do. Some people are going to just absolutely stay stuck in their ways. That's why I said it's going to be a long process, because once you get to a certain age, my, what I've noticed about people of a certain age is once you get to that age, they don't they don't want to hear nothing about they don't want to hear anything about change. They don't hear anything. They don't want to change. Some people are just going to be stubborn. Some people are going to promote this change and they're going to casting directors. There's going to be writers. There's going to be, you know, people in these positions 
who can make and directors who are going to be like, you know what? I want this character to be black, but they're not written black. But I, I really think this character, that, but, but that actress who came in and read for that part, who was black, she was better than everybody else. So I'm going to give her the part. And that's really all we want. It's not that we want to necessarily forced into places where we're not necessarily needed. But we, what we want is if we come to the table and we're the best person for it, give us that position because we're the best person for it. Don't take it away from us because we don't look like you want us to look. I love that you said that, like, even if, like, a character is not written as a black person, but they still give it because of the person themselves. I really applaud that because I've seen that with a couple of actors. They admitted that, like, some producers write their characters that they are not black because they came in, they had to rewrite the entire character just to fit, like, a black person. I really do applaud that, like, how they can adapt to changes just like that. And I wish, like, different movies and different projects can encourage the same thing. Not just with black people, also with other ethnic minorities, too. I mean, I think there's so many opportunities there because, especially in the world we live in today, you, know, you have you have blended families, you have adopted kids. And so, you know, generally families are what I see the most often where racial consistency is necessary. Like, how can we have this black girl play the daughter because she was the best one that read for it, but the best one who read for the the mom was white, you know? But, you know, there's so many reasons that something like that would happen in today's world because you'll, you can look around at some families and you'll see a white guy walking down the street with his daughter and she's black. And you're wondering how that happened. Adoption, maybe her mother's black and this girl's mixed race. Maybe he's like, you know, a quarter black. You know, it, it doesn't really need much explanation anymore. And I think that most people want to see that because what do you say to the little girls and boys who are in a blended family? Because the only time I remember like a really, really popular show that featured a blended family for a very long time, it was the Brady Bunch. And which was a great example of a blended family because the issue wasn't them being blended. The issues came with just growing up in the world. And so at the end of the day, I think that you have you ever seen the show Modern Family? Very blended. And every and that show was on for years. You know? It was an amazing show. I think people don't I think there's people want quality work much less than they want necessarily people to look a certain way. People just want to experience something that's good. So when it comes to people... You see, like, obviously with Modern Family, but you also see, also in Disney as well, you see, like, with the new show, um, Raven's Home, they adopted a blended family right there. And also with certain Disney shows, they're starting to do things like blended families and including black people just because the character was really good instead of what the character was written for. And it's just a change that we're seeing very slowly. It's not it's not something that happens overnight. I think it all happens gradually. And as time goes, hopefully they will include that a lot more elsewhere rather than just in a couple of projects or movies. So my next question actually does lead in from that. How do you feel about, like, black actors or producers? Are there in the market itself? I think this is, like, a two-part question because I feel like, one, it's on the responsibility of the people creating these positions, but, two, it's on the responsibility of people seeking them. What I mean is there are people who have never thought of being a producer, who are young in college, like, oh, I want to produce film. There's people who 
maybe if, if you're in like LA or New York, maybe, but if you're not, you're not sitting there thinking, oh, that's what I want to do. Cause you don't know what the job entails. You don't know anything about it. You know what I'm saying? You just hear about it. You don't know what it is. We need to be educating young children to all of the possibilities of that industry. Cause when you think about entertainment, media production, you really only think about the actors. Sometimes you'll think about the directors. Sometimes you'll think about the writers, but you're definitely not thinking about the assistant producer, the cinematographer, the director of photography. You're not realizing that, hey, that's that's a job where I could get a decent, I don't have to be famous. I don't wanna be the next freaking Beyonce or Denzel necessarily. I just wanna be able to wake up every morning, do what I love and pay all my bills, like every other person in the world, you know? And I can do that while being in film without ever having to, but I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I could be the director of photography because that was never presented to me as an option. So I think we need to see these people in those positions, reaching out to these neighborhoods and letting people know, like, this is a great career. This is why it's awesome. And tell me about it. So I think it comes from teaching people about the positions, but I also think it, it comes from these people in these higher positions, the studio owners, the casting directors, the people who are assigning directors to projects to do these certain things, which is why I really, really want to applaud Disney for a lot of the things that they're doing. I think Disney's number one focus is like making sure that children are growing up in a world where they love themselves. So when I see the choices that they're making intentionally blending these casts intentionally, and they're not just showing all black, all white, what they're showing is these people together. They're showing blended lifestyle. You're, you see black people, white people, Asian people. You see, you know, gender identity. You see all of that stuff in one place. And because what they're, the message that they're sending to the children is, hey, whatever you're going through, people around you might be telling you that everything you're thinking, feeling is wrong. You might feel like you don't look the right way with your weight or that you're too dark. No, you're beautiful just the way you are. And that is part of that is part of that is putting people in the position to create these stories. Yeah, I agree with you right there. So yeah, so my next question is, how do you think like people in the black community are being discriminated and treated in media as a whole? How do you think they will be treated if it's coming from your own personal experience of being the actor and the producer? I personally think that the biggest issue that black people are facing in the inter entertainment industry, specifically in arts, is that we're, we're put into a box. We're only there to tell certain stories, th those stories being oppression stories. And what I mean by that is when a black person's on the camera a lot or when there's a lot of black people, generally the story, especially when it's in the white view, the story is about us overcoming oppression as if that is the only thing that we deal with. Now, now I know for some people hearing that it might be confusing. Absolutely every day we encounter racism, but it isn't all we encounter. We also encounter marriage. We also encounter dating problems. Like I'm horrible at going on first dates, horrible at it, you know, but we don't get to see those stories. The stories we see are, you know, always about the struggle and which, which gives the message of, you know, the black people's experience is, is so one note. So what I think, I think that's the biggest way black people are being discriminated against by not being allowed to show the full breadth of our life and experience and how much we're so much more than just our struggle well at least our struggle with racism i think like because of everything that's going on 
like it is shown that you guys are getting like the most discrimination so far so for it to represent i think on screen it doesn't show people are getting like discriminated unless it's like a skit that the company wants to showcase to other young people that this is wrong but I think for the majority of the part they do include black people into like the like the movie for example or the show that they're in. I think off screen you never know what happens like behind the scenes. You never know what happens. You see these behind the scenes making it seem good but some like I heard that in Glee I think one of the actors who were black she got discriminated by a white person, like Hug Holly and that really just shows that people just like as actors you have to put up with it and you can't say anything because if you sign an NDA for example you can't really say anything unless you're out of that NDA. I think when I heard that story about the Glee situation I was I guess I was surprised because she she played that part the girl who was discriminate discriminatory she played that part so well and her character was kind of that way anyway so i had i expected that it wasn't that way in real life but i do think that that happens sometimes where we get it from all angles and sometimes it's from the place you least expect so i was surprised when i heard that too actually yeah it was really shocked here so we're gonna wrap things up a bit so we're gonna ask a few more questions so the question is do you think there will be change ever i absolutely think there will be change do I think the problem will disappear? Absolutely not. But I do think there will be change. I see it every day. I think that soon, you know, you'll see more people because look at the success of Black Panther, you know, look at the success of so many things. You're seeing such a diverse group of people on the screen all the time, on the TV, on the computer. You see people like, you know, Cardi B, you know, she's mixed raced. You see people like all these families out there. You see a lot of people out there who are showing and representing us in a, in a multitude of ways, not just one way. You have all different types of people. So I definitely think that the change is coming. I think the change is happening. And I think even programs and, and talks like this are helping the change because you never know a person hearing this might be totally enlightened by something or I might be totally enlightened by something I hear and, and same for you. So I, I definitely think it'll change. Yeah, I completely agree with everyone because I think that people will change. I think people's perceptions will change about the black community community as time goes. Like, you know, since the end of the prejudice that happened with Martha Luther King Jr. and everything, it's been, it has made change, but like obviously recently it hasn't been that much of a change. But I think if people continue to grow and to accept more black people into any sector then i think there will be change one day but i think it's going to be very gradual too so what i really believe in so my last question i want to ask you before we wrap things up what advice would you give to anyone who is a black person and wants to go either into acting or producing it's interesting because this is something i would tell any person who wants to do this but specifically black people you have to have tough skin and the reason I say that is not to necessarily say that you should become desensitized to abuse and that you should accept abuse. It's because when you have an industry where you're so often being told no, you get rejected as an actor. 
it happens. I I'm a director. I really want to do this project. The answer that you can only get one director. So you can't, you know, so having the, and never don't give up just because you're hearing a bunch of no's doesn't mean anything. One of my favorite actresses, Anika Noni Rose, she, if I'm remembering the story correctly, she was about to move. She's about to lose her house before the, the, the Broadway play that pretty much offset her entire career. And she hasn't stopped really working since don't give up is what I would tell them. And, and make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Fame shouldn't be the goal. The goal should, because fame is hard to attain, but it's not hard to be an actor. It's just hard. Like if you're doing it because you want everyone to know who you are, that's a little material. Do it because you love it. Otherwise it might tear you apart. I love that advice for sure. And for anyone out there, just make sure, just say that you're not alone in this as well, because you have so many support systems around you. If you ever want acting or producing so yeah so thank you everyone for listening today do you want to promote any your and um, digital and um, digital media production company oh i would love to thank you so right now in addition to our content creating and our consulting and coaching we are doing three podcasts minute at the beginning one is called and then this happened one is called geeking out and then this happened and one is called talk it out and then this happened is more of like an urban view it's hosted by stephanie white she's got like a really nice commentary it's fun it's social it's it's political it's all that stuff geeking out is more for the geeks out there so if you like we talk about comic books we talk about buffy the vampire slayer we talk about games just anything that's geek and nerd culture and then we have talk it out talk it out is a place where we get together and we have a bunch of different people from all different perspectives and we talk about really hard-hitting topics we've talked about racial injustice we've talked about how to how you know when you know to run out on a relationship like you know re relationship red flags this week we're talking about some i think we're talking about political stuff gun laws we talk about a lot of different stuff and we just debate it's really fun so check us out wonellymedia.com look for us on youtube look for us on facebook twitter instagram at wonellymedia great i will link down to my website so people can easily access as well so yeah thank you so much once again for coming on and talking your truth like growing up being a black person and especially going through tough times to get to where you are right now so and to also like be aware about this problem so thank you everyone for listening make sure you give us a, a review on apple Podcasts or spotify and make sure to, to subscribe to us as well because we'll be posting every thursday and yeah so thank you everyone for watching see you guys later bye Thank you everyone for watching today's episode. If you liked it, put a five star review on Apple Podcasts and make sure you subscribe and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We would love to hear feedback from you so make sure you do that. Also spread the word about the Aware panel because this is such a platform where people could just talk about anything and we would encourage everyone who listens to this podcast to be listening to us. See you guys later. Bye.